Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 9 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. A brief reminder before we get started that I'll be giving more details of the giveaway that I announced last week, uh, the winner of which uh, will be announced in episode 10, so stay tuned. Up to now, uh, I've only spoken in this podcast about photographic techniques and theories that I'm totally confident with. This week, having just gotten back from five days in India, I've decided to talk about a subject that I'm not so confident with, which is portraiture. Predominantly a nature photographer, although I try, I'm not very good at making portraits. The actual photos will speak for themselves, so you can make up your own mind about that, but the actual making of the photos doesn't come very naturally to me. My main problem is that I get a little shy when pointing my camera at people instead of animals or landscapes. You know, animals, uh, they may run away, uh, but you know, landscapes too, they're just there, and they don't really have the ability to say no or get upset with you when you're trying to take their photos. So I think this is the big thing for me, you know, being afraid that someone might get upset uh, by, by my taking their photo, I get a little knotted up. Now, when I say portraiture, I'm talking mainly about environmental portraits. That is, people in their environment doing what they do, and not in a studio with a, a nice pretty background and some lighting. I guess we can split environmental portraiture into two types of photos too. That would be when the subject knows that you're photographing them, and the other would be candid shots, when they are not aware of you. Due to my shyness when shooting people, I tend to take a lot of candid shots. For example, I can be out in a park shooting animals and flowers when I see someone that looks interesting sitting on a bench, and I'll snap snap them as I'm walking around, uh, pretending that I'm shooting the trees or something. I like this kind of shot as I prefer the natural, unposed results it produces. I'm not sure of the legal aspects of taking uh, this kind of shot, though. I don't believe there are any problems in most countries, uh, but if anyone has any advice, please post something in the forum uh, for me and the other listeners. If there's any doubt, though, I'll usually try to let the person that I'm going to shoot know what I'm doing. Uh, basically, I might not say it verbally, but I'll get right in front of them so that they can easily see me Uh, and on most occasions showing them the camera and gesturing that I want to take the photograph before raising the camera to my eye. If they appear unhappy or gesture that they don't want me to photograph them, I walk away from the shot. I don't think that any uh, photograph is really worth upsetting anyone, especially when you uh, recall that my reason for being uncomfortable with portraiture is the fear of upsetting people. Anyway, it It rained for much of the week, uh, and when it was not raining, it was overcast, so I seem to have taken many of the shots uh, between ISO 400 and 800, apart from the 20 minutes or so I spent in a market on the Friday afternoon, but we'll get get to that later. The first image today is number 717, uh, which was shot at dusk in heavy rain, so I I only got a shutter speed of one-fifth of a second. Thanks to my lens's image stabiliser I got the shot, but even with IS I'm amazed that this is not blurred. Remember, if you're using iTunes, you'll be able to see all the shots by clicking through the thumbnails and opening them in the larger image uh, viewer. If you are listening on an iPod, you'll only be able to see the first photo. Either way, you uh, can also 
go to my website at martinbaileyphotography.com and enter the number 717 into the field at the top of the uh, podcast page. You can also go down to the episode in the table and click on the thumbnails uh, to view each image. So as portraiture is about uh, one person interacting with at least one other person, let's talk about the interaction leading up to getting the shot of the young man on the bus, uh, which is image number 717. I saw him sitting on the bus and opened the car window to get a better look. We made eye contact and I smiled and showed him the camera and gestured that I wanted to take the photo, holding the camera up and nodding my head towards it a little. He showed no objection and as I raised the camera to my eye, he gave me this wonderful Mona Lisa style smile. Uh, I got two shots. This was the first and the one after was slightly blurred uh, and he was actually smiling a little more. Uh, I also got two more as the bus started to pull away uh, that were totally useless. I think the initial eye contact in this particular situation uh, displaying my intentions uh, helped to create uh, what I think is probably the best uh, shot of the trip. As this was a business trip uh, and not a photographic shoot, I couldn't spend much time making photographs, but I always take a camera with me and a few lenses, uh, depending on where I'm going, uh, whenever I go on business trips, and try to get out and about uh, whenever time allows. I do, though, as in on this occasion, uh, I always keep the camera on my knee, even in the car, because you never know what you're going to see from the car window. Uh, especially in India when the roads are, in the areas that I go to at least, uh, are very busy. Uh, there's lots of people around. Uh, so th there's often uh, photographic opportunities just waiting for you from the car window. As long as you're not driving, of course. The day after getting the shot of the young man on the bus, I decided to have a ride on an auto rickshaw after work, uh, as I'd not ridden on one yet, and this is my third visit to Bangalore. While riding on this uh, three-wheeled taxi, I got a few shots of the driver while waiting in traffic. This is the second uh, photo today, which is number 718. Uh, as it was quite dark inside the vehicle, I had to crank up the ISO to 1600, and meter from the back of the driver's head, which was quite dark. Uh, then I pressed the exposure lock button on my camera uh, to to fix that those settings and then recompose the shot focusing on his eye. This made everything outside of the vehicle overexposed and blown out, uh, but it helps to bring the viewer's eye to the secondary subject which caught my eye, uh, that is the woman's eyes painted on the windscreen visor. Locking your exposure settings in situations like this is very useful. The other thing that I could have done was to take a number of shots while changing the exposure compensation uh, but I didn't know how long we'd be stationary and how long the driver would be looking to his left. I got a number of uh, photos after this, but the next one that I've attached to the podcast is 721. That is uh, a little later on the same day after a walk. Uh, the shot is of a few men at a small stall selling cigarettes and magazines. It was fully dark by this time and the main light for the shot was a light bulb. I had the camera set to ISO 1250 and set exposure compensation to minus one stop to ensure that the shot was as dark as I was actually seeing it. Without doing this, the camera would have tried to make it as bright as daylight and would have 
not only been unnatural, it would have been impossible to handhold, as I was already pushing my look, uh, really handholding at one quarter of a second. Uh, as a result, the focus is a little soft. Uh, that's an artistic way of saying that it's blurred. I kind of like the atmosphere of this shot, though, so I decided to include it anyway. The next day, I managed to get a few hours off in the afternoon and visited the Tipu Sultan's Palace uh, and a marketplace before heading for the airport to return home uh, to Tokyo. One shot I quite like from this palace is number 722 of a lady holding her child looking out of the palace uh, from a balcony. There's nothing technically challenging about this shot other than, again, setting the exposure compensation to this time minus 1.3 stops, uh, as the scene was quite dark, and the camera would have again tried to make it much brighter uh, had I not done this. The next shot is number 723, uh, which was taken on the outskirts of the market. This man was, uh, he had a wonderful, interesting face and was sitting amongst his work, uh, polishing spanners or wrenches, depending on which side of the pond you live on, uh, again here I crouched slowly in front of him and let him see uh, the camera before I raised it to my face. I got around seven shots, uh, some portrait and some landscape, and before pushing my look too far, I lowered the camera, smiled and waved my hand and said uh, thank you in a clear voice. The man shook his head from side to side, uh, a gesture that signals agreement in India. I felt as though I was starting to get the hang of this uh, portrait uh, shooting thing, but you know, at least uh, the physical side of it. Uh, you know, I don't know about the actual results. Uh, I guess you guys will uh, let me know about that, uh, having made up your own mind. I walked a little further down into the market, uh, having decided uh, to dice with death uh, crossing the road into the main market area. Uh, if you've ever actually been to India and crossed the roads there, you'll know what I mean. Uh, then I, I spotted a group of ladies selling various fruits. I looked for the one with the most interesting storytelling type face and again crouched down right in front of her so that I was not hiding what I was doing. This time I had made three exposures, uh, of which number 724 is the third, uh, this is an orange seller, uh, and she she looked directly at the camera as I took the shot that I've uploaded to my website and uh, attached to this podcast. She looks almost angry in this shot, uh, but in the next frame she actually burst out laughing and started talking to the woman next to her uh, as you know she'd noticed me there taking the shots and was not at all uh, worried about that. She was uh, she was probably saying something like, you know, there's another damn photographer snapping away like a lunatic or something like that. The the shot in which uh, she's laughing was actually slightly blurred, though, as she was moving her head forward. Uh, so I've posted the one in which she looks a little angry. But I, I can assure you she wasn't. Again, I thanked her after taking the shots and moved on a little further. It was here that I spotted a very old lady uh, with hardly any teeth, a really weathered face, uh, and she was sitting on the floor. I think she was waiting for a bus or something. This shot I was dying to get. Uh, I, I really wanted to capture her, her on, well, if I was going to say film, on my digital sensor. Uh, and again, I crouched down in front of her and uh, let her know my intentions. This time, though, I was waved off. Uh, you know, she sort of shook her hand and 
obvious, made it obvious that she didn't want me to take her photos, so I apologised and walked away. It was a difficult call here. Uh, some people may have just snapped the shot off anyway, uh, which I definitely had time to do, but I personally don't think that the shot would have been worth upsetting the old lady. The last shot I've included in this podcast is 728 of two boys that were standing near a banana cellar. There's also a photograph of the banana cellar on my website, uh, but while I was shooting him, uh, the two little boys came flying over, and one insisted on showing me his toy, uh, waving it about in front of his face. Uh, I got two shots, uh, which you can see the boy's eyes in, or one eye in this uh, in this case. And this one has the other boy with his big sparkling eyes. Uh, you know, despite only being able to see half of one of the boy's faces, I just love this shot. Uh, I hope you guys like it too. Anyway, uh, in total I've posted 12 uh, shots from the five days in Bangalore in the Karnataka state in India, uh, all of which are some kind of portrait. I'll add a link to all of the shots in the podcast notes if you're interested in seeing them all. Uh, I hope this podcast has been of some use technically. Remember that uh, whatever type of scene you're shooting, be aware that it streams in light uh, either you know, extreme dark or extreme light areas in the frame uh, will cause your camera's meter to try to make it a neutral average brightness. If you want to retain the darkness uh, or the lightness in the shots, you'll you'll have to do uh, do some exposure compensation. In the shot of the uh, the woman and the child in the palace, for example, or the young men at the cigarette stall uh, by the the single uh, light bulb you'll need to set your exposure compensation to minus one stop or more. The reverse would be so too. Uh, That is, you'd need to compensate by adding a stop or so if the shot was very bright and you wanted to portray it so. In the near future, I'll probably do a podcast on exposure compensation in other conditions. Uh, So if you are still unsure about this subject, uh, stay tuned. The other thing I hope you can appreciate from this podcast is that it's coming from the perspective of someone that is not really comfortable with uh, portrait photography, but trying very hard to get the hang of it. So that's it for the main body of the podcast for this week, and I'd like to move on to the announcement that I made last week about the prize that I'll be giving uh, to a member on my website each month. I mentioned the price, uh, so those of you that uh, browse my online gallery may have already clicked, but I will be asking one active poster from my forum to select their favourite photo, uh, which I will create an original print of and finish it uh, in the paper of their choice and mail it to them totally free of charge. The size can be anything up to A3+, depending on the photo they choose. Uh, The reason for this is that Some of the photos uh, on the site were taken with a Canon EOS D30 or even my old compact digital, the uh, PowerShot S10, which are relatively low-resolution cameras and sometimes will not produce acceptable image image quality at A3+. Also, the photo on very few occasions may have been cropped uh, to an extent that an A3 print would uh, be unrealistic. Anyway, uh, it really depends on how sharp the original image was and how well it can be sharpened further for printing. 
Basically, each photo in the gallery has its own maximum available size displayed above the photo in the photo size pull-down menu. This is not displayed by default though, uh, so you'll need to click the Buying Options button above the photo when displaying it in the gallery to see this information. The pull-down will only show the sizes at which the photo can be printed out at high quality. The winner will also have the opportunity to specify any custom size up to A3+. I've been deliberating on exactly how I will choose the winner each month. The first idea was selecting one member totally randomly from all active posters to date. The second option was, uh, again, selecting randomly but from only members that were active in the forum that month. Uh, The third option uh, was actually selecting the member that I thought had contributed the most to the forum that month. Uh, But this was going to probably end up in showing some kind of favouritism and I really am grateful for every single post, uh, so I decided not to do that. I think what I'll be doing is, for this first month, I will select one person randomly uh, from all posts to date. And then from next month, I will randomly select one member uh, that has been active in the forum that month. It will be a totally random uh, decision. I'll probably write a small program to actually uh, automatically select the member and not choose them manually myself. I'll then email the member and ask if they want the prize. Uh, I can appreciate that not everyone will. I'll then also need their postal address. Uh, Of course, as with any member's details, such as email addresses, etc., this will remain totally confidential and not shared with any third parties under any circumstances. The winner will also, of course, uh, need to choose the photo that they want the original print of. If the member chosen doesn't want the prize or doesn't want to divulge their mailing address, I'll simply pick another winner and I'll start the process again. If the details can be worked out during this coming week, I'll announce the winner in next week's show. Also, I'd like to thank all of those that have signed up as members on my website in recent months uh, and are now making the forum into a real community. It's great interacting with you guys and watching you interact uh, amongst yourselves as well. It's you know it really is amazing to see and I'm I'm very very happy and grateful for this. I look forward to seeing more of you listeners online as well. Uh, as I say, registration is easy. Uh, you just need to go to my site at martinbaileyphotography.com and hit the register button in the toolbar at the top of the page. Uh, you'll need to provide a valid email address so that the site can mail you a link to validate the address and activate your account. It just takes a few minutes and of course it's totally free. Also, as you know, uh, Podcast Alley resets their votes each month. Uh, You're only allowed one vote uh, per month. So if you like the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, uh, please vote for it at Podcast Alley. Uh, You can vote by finding the show on Podcast Alley and hitting the vote button. And I've also added a link to my podcast page to make voting easier. You just have to enter the email address, uh, your email address to validate your vote and then click the vote button. Uh, Podcast Alley will then send you an email with a link that you have to click to complete the vote. So that's it for episode 9. It's been great talking to you all, and I'll see you online or once again in next week's podcast. Bye-bye.
This has been a Martin Bailey Photography Podcast.